is nothing more inspiring than a woman being unapologetically herself. The answers are all in your heart. She's waiting, she's waiting, she's waiting for you to set her free. Welcome to Be You Podcast. I'm Jill Herman and I am so glad you're here. I was broke, insecure, and craved approval. But with grit, hustle, and sacrifice, I still built a successful multi-million dollar business. 10 years in, burnout, I slowed down and looked inward. In that silence, I discovered that the same level of success could have come to me with much less effort and so much more joy. That's when I threw out the expectations of the world and chose to unbecome every single thing I thought I was supposed to be. And the real me was uncaged. It was far from easy. And in this podcast, I'll offer my entire journey as a roadmap so that if you're ready, you can finally be you. Hello, BU listeners and BU Collective. Jill Herman back with you. And wherever you are right now, whatever you're doing as you're listening, I like to listen to podcasts, oh my gosh, in the bathtub, in the shower, while I'm driving, while I'm on walks. And I know that right now you could be listening to anything. And I want to thank you again for sharing this time with me and for being open to the messages that I am feeling called to share. If you are a new listener, welcome to the BU Collective. I do some coaching and do some teaching in this podcast. And I also do a lot of growing, a lot of unlearning, a lot of listening, a lot of being, and a lot of being a student. So I'm a student right along with you. And whether I'm behind you, right along with you, or a few steps or a hundred steps ahead of you, I'm glad you're here. And I really value that you're here. So if you haven't found our text community and you and that's your thing, if it's not, don't do it. But if it's your thing and you want to be more connected, I've had people ask me, you know, like, what else do you offer? Really, that's it. You know, we've got this amazing podcast and there'll be things offered later, maybe in the next six to 12 months. But right now, it's just this and a closer inner circle through our text community. I don't like to send more than one message a week, if that. But you can be a part of that by texting 260-217-4675 and see what we've got cooking there. So today we're talking about the companion, lover, and best friend of fear and control. It's a really, really inviting and enticing yet unappealing threesome. And we're focusing on our friend worry. A dear friend of mine passed away tragically two years ago tomorrow, completely unexpectedly at 42 years old. He and his wife are like family to me. And the thing about JJ that I'm called to share with you right now as we're talking about worry is that he could not relate to that. If he were here right now, he would say, what are you doing? Life is good. Keep it simple. Don't worry about anything, let alone things you can't control. Just live your life, enjoy, have fun, love big and huge, forgive quickly, and enjoy every minute. And he would have said that without knowing he was going to pass away. 
You know, that's something that we say after something tragic happens. But JJ lived his life this way. So those of you who live that JJ way, I will transparently tell you, if you haven't heard me say this before, that I can't relate, but I want to. I am growing into that. I'm opening myself up to living a life where I can't relate to the feeling of worry and regular and constant worry. It's not attractive to tell you that. Who would want to learn from or quote unquote follow someone who admits that they do this? I I would love to tell you that I've transcended that, but I haven't. I've gotten much further. Now I can recognize it, catch myself. And no, that's not true. I recognize it sometimes and catch myself and move past it and through it. And other times, as I described in one of the past episodes in the last week, oh, I get into the pit of worry and fear and control. And I bathe around in there for a while until I feel like I'm going to drown. <laughs> so I just had a great session with Violet, the spirit healer. I, I speak with her as often as I feel necessary. I've been connecting with her for about seven years. She lives in the mountains of Canada, and she is a gifted, intuitive angel on earth. And we were chatting Saturday morning, and we talked about the state I've been in where I've been consumed by control, fear, and worry. And it's interesting because I know better. I know better. But it got to the point where it did take over me. And she helped get me out. And the three things that she said to me as we closed our session that I'm going to start with today and then we'll end with again are breathe, love yourself, surrender. If we're really breathing We don't have the energy, time, and space for worry. If we're breathing into not just our whole body, but into every moment, there's no room for worry. If we're truly loving ourselves, not just having taglines and getting pedicures and saying it's self-love, but truly loving ourselves, even the part of ourselves who worries. See, that's true self-love. You can't just love the attractive and good parts of yourself. Love the part of you that's a worry wart. Give her grace. Give a big warm hug to her. If we're truly loving ourselves, there's no room for worry, but there's no room for worrying about the fact that we worry, which is what I do. And if we are fully surrendering, and we talk about letting go, but what about surrendering? That feels very different to me. Like arms open, fully surrendering our lives to our creator, saying and, and, and truly believing, I want my eyes to be your eyes. I want my ears to be your ears. I want my thoughts to be your thoughts, and I want my words to be your words. You are my compass. I'll go wherever you say is to fulfill my highest self and for my highest good and the highest good of all. <sighs> And so it is. If we're living that, there is no room for worry. Worry cannot exist in that garden. There's no room. It won't grow in that soil. So when I find myself worrying, that means I have taken myself out of that garden, transplanted myself into soil that grows fear, 
doubt, and illness. Because illness and dis-ease can only grow in that garden. And when we find ourselves there because of energy and that like attracts like, as we're worrying, we are essentially calling in everything that we fear. All the what-ifs, we're going all in on those. It's like you're sitting at the roulette table and you're all in on black. You're saying, give me more of that. Everything I say that I don't want and everything I say I'm terrified of, I'm beckoning it to me, to my children, to my family, to my life. That is what you and I are doing when we are worrying. And I'm not talking about a quick fleeting thought of, oh, are they okay? I'm talking about the shit I do, which is someone is 30 minutes late and they're dead. I'm planning their funeral. The only person I've ever heard say that before because I thought I was crazy was the author Glennon Doyle. I read her book and I heard her say that and I was like, oh my gosh, it's not just me. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm like looking at in my head what I'm wearing to my husband's funeral. I know his helicopter has crashed. I know his plane has crashed. I know he got in a car accident. Oh dear God, I'm a widow. Like that is how quickly I jump into that storm. And that's how deep I go. My mom had a few symptoms the other day and she had to be taken to the emergency room and they feared a a small stroke. TIAs are actually common in older people. My mom is so healthy. Both my parents at 80 and 80, 81, 83, take no medication at all. They are so healthy, so vibrant. My mom washes all of her windows She cleans her own car inside and out. She mows her own lawn. She cleans her own home and mops her own floors. She dances every morning and stretches. And she's just zipping around all the time, visiting people and stopping in to see us. And suddenly, she had these symptoms. And I was like, oh, God, she's going to die. I mean, I would love to tell you that's not my first response. And remember, we talk about how everyone is a teacher, but especially your children. Your children were specifically chosen. They and you somehow chose the assignment of being connected so that you could learn from each other. And they are your medicine. And my daughter said, she's going to be fine. She's going to be fine. And she was. She was fine. Was that just a lucky guess? It might have been, but why would you bet on anything else? I saw that, and guess what I did? I still went all in on black. I did. I did. I'm I'm being honest. I did. Even when that sign came to me, which I believe was my guides, angels, God saying to me, Joe, listen to your daughter. How many times do we have to show you? She's trying to tell you to surrender. She's trying to tell you to let go. And she's not the one speaking. It's us. But she just happens to have the voice box we are using. When am I going to get the message? When we worry, we're not just calling in everything we don't want and everything we fear. We're wasting our precious time. Think of JJ. Thank God he didn't waste any time. He really didn't. He loved his wife and his children so big. He did everything he wanted to do in his life. He traveled. He he sang karaoke. He had fun all the time. He had no time. Ain't nobody got time for that kind of attitude when it comes to worry. We're wasting the precious time we've been given that is so limited. 
we're not just missing out on joy, pleasure, desire, miracles, love. When we sign up for worry, we're also intentionally requesting a hall pass on growth. When I worry, I get to outsource my growth. I get to put it on someone else's plate. I get to step out of line. When I worry, I get to stop looking inward and evolving and growing because sometimes it's messy and it doesn't feel good and it hurts and it's itchy and I don't want to fucking face my shit. I don't like looking at myself. I don't like looking at what role I played in it and how I created that argument and blah, 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 and why I need to forgive these people. And it's just so much easier. Now, this isn't a conscious choice. No one chooses to worry and says, oh, this will get me out of growing. But that's what we're doing. We're avoiding the now. We are avoiding everything we don't want to face, even if that's just the fact that we're not living up to the life we could have. Maybe we don't want to face what is true about our relationships, about our marriage. Maybe if I worry that I'm never going to lose this 20 pounds that I've gained in the last year and a half, maybe if I spend my time worrying about what people think about that and worry that it'll never come off and worry about how it feels to not fit in my clothes, maybe if I spend time doing that, I'll get out of actually facing where the weight came from which is the whole message. It's not to avoid exercising. It's not to avoid eating right. It's to avoid the truth behind it. And for me, I'm realizing that this weight I've gained and the fatigue I've been experiencing, that I was so ready to pin on being perimenopausal and the implants that I never should have placed in my body because that was so bad and wrong because I couldn't love my body as it was, blah, blah, blah. Here's what God is telling me. That's not why you've been sick. That's not why you can't get out of bed sometimes for five days at a time. That's not why you're feeling the way you're feeling. That's not why you've packed on the pounds, Jill. It's because you have signed up for control, for worry, and for taking on the karma and the struggles of people closest to you, and that's not what you're meant here for. And it has shown up as fatigue. And literally the weight of that has shown up on my body. I know someone listening is going to go, give me a break. You get to say that. Remember when we say, be you, I'm being me. I know this is true for me. Have you ever had a gut feeling and it didn't make any sense, but you just knew that something was true and you didn't say it out loud because you knew that it would sound kind of weird or that people would say, how would you know that? That's how I feel about this. In, in my deepest part of me and in that GPS of mine, that, that compass, that knowing that only comes from God, I know that the way I've been feeling has nothing to do with the implants, even though that's such an easy answer. It doesn't mean I won't take them out. I actually think I'm going to get them out. I'm pretty sure I'm going to. But the reason things haven't been lining up for the surgery and how weird is this? Cleveland Clinic will not call me back. Every time I talk to them, they say, this is so bizarre. I don't know why someone isn't calling you back. Let me hand it to Judy. Let me hand it to Linda. And then no call. I know why now. Because I'm not supposed to have the surgery yet. If I want to have it, then I need to have it and I should. But 
choosing to have my implants taken out because I think that's why I'm feeling bad is not the answer. That's not the lesson. The lesson is stop worrying, stop trying to control, stop trying to take your energy field and putting it around, especially your two children who are struggling. They have their own journey and their own lessons and you cannot keep buffering. You cannot keep prolonging their lessons and their pain. You need to stand, and I'm talking to you too as I'm talking to myself. I know that the life force in me, that divine spirit is saying to me, Jill, you need to stand with your arms open, receiving our wisdom as you support these two children with confidence, with boundaries, and with so much outpouring of love while having a healthy boundary. Because by the way, they're not asking for you to step in. You are stepping in. And you're taking all of your energy and all of the resources that we have in your physical body, and you are giving them a way to worry and fear. And now you're depleted and you're sick and you can't get out of bed and you're fatigued and it's hard to breathe and your head and neck hurt. And you say, oh, it must be my implants. Why is it my implants? Because that also lives in fear and worry because that was a bad thing for me to do, right? Remember, there's only fear and love. That thought comes from fear. You might say, no, 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 that's just an informed and intelligent intellectual conclusion. Not in this conversation, it isn't. For me, I know for sure as I'm sitting here with my eyes closed, asking God to give me the answer, I know the answer is that I keep looking for the answer in fear. Just like in the episode recently where I shared my abortion story, I told you I was looking to connect with that child and to get forgiveness. I was looking for that through the pain and the fear, and that's not where it lives. It never lives there. Freedom never lives there. Health never lives there. Joy and peace never live there. Never. So I'm inviting you to along with me, remind ourselves every day, just like you take a bath or a shower, to breathe, love yourself, and surrender. To stop worrying about the things that we can't control. Stop avoiding the now. Stop missing out on the juiciness of life. Stop beckoning in, begging and praying for and asking for everything you don't want because that is what worry will do. So this was a reminder to me, a love note to you, and a loving invitation. Let me know what you think about this. Send it to a friend. Pay it forward. And know that if you live this way, you are not the only one.